Welcome to the Franklin Bros Podcast. Franklin Bros! That's us. Yeah, cool. Um, we've gotten some really excellent feedback on the few episodes that we've done so far. Woo. So that means the, the um, budgeting office here at Franklin Brothers Incorporated, which is extremely large and very well staffed, has decided to give us enough money to do a few more episodes. But if you don't like and rate our podcast, wherever you're watching this podcast, we might not make it to the end of what we're trying to do here. Yeah. And please, please take this and share it with all of your friends. Tell them all about Franklin Bros podcast. Yes. Tell them about the Franklin brothers, about David and Jonathan Franklin and um, how much we need your money. So the reason why we want you to tell all your friends is because we're trying to go through a TV show called Andor, and it has a lot of episodes. And if we don't have enough likes and – oh, shoot. Um, this isn't YouTube. Um, oh, man. If we don't have enough good ratings, then we won't make it all the way to the end, and you'll never know what we think about the big finale. If we don't have enough prayers and well wishes, then we're never going to make it to the end. Pray for the Franklin Brothers podcast. Please. Yes. Pray, please. Give us your prayers. Um but if you don't know how to pray, you can uh, rating and liking our podcast also works too. Yeah. So so yeah, this is a weird topic, isn't it? Like last time, weren't we talking about tech and free speech and other boring stuff like that? Why? What? What made you? Why are you talking about Andor now, Jonathan? You know, I think we we like to tackle those really tough topics that are like big things in our world. Um, but we're also normal people. There are things that we enjoy, um, that we like to share with each other just casually. Stuff like watching TV shows, Star Wars. We're huge nerds. We're into that sort of thing. Um, and Andor is something that we watch together and we have a lot of thoughts about it. Yeah. Some real spicy thoughts. And, uh, we just want to share it with you guys and see what you think. I know Jonathan knows that I hate normie stuff. If you're, if you come and talk to me about like something that is like, I don't know, like an episode of Friends or something, I will do my best to pretend to be civil with you. But in, <laughs> but in my head, I'm not. Um, so, so yeah, we're big Star Wars fans. I think I'm a more old school Star Wars fan than Jonathan is. Um, but man, well, what's a good way to lead into this? Um, Star Wars is a really cool show if you haven't if you haven't watched it um you probably should because it's like a piece of american culture at this point yeah um really fun story i, I was able to oh, hold on this is a really quick thing i want to share i i showed my girlfriend the scene in empire strikes back where um somebody says i am your father Notice I'm like keeping it spoiler free for those that, that might not have seen it. But getting to be the one that shows her that scene was a really big deal for me. I thought it was very cool because I could like pretend to be like, oh, did you think what can you believe? I thought that was so funny. Um, and like she was genuinely surprised because, well, they didn't really mention anything about that or they, they didn't even like hint at it. Um, ah, such a cool scene. Anyways. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's crazier even that it was a surprise to her because almost everyone already knows about it. Even people who haven't seen star Wars as a kid, yeah. they already, they already know uh, the twist. It is. So when I say it's a piece of American culture, like I'm not kidding. It really is like our parents' generation and even our generation who like basically grew up with the new movies, um, it's, it's a huge part of American culture, which is why I hate the Disney Star Wars franchise so, so much. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm letting my hate bleed out and we haven't even started talking. There will be lots of hate. There, there will have. be plenty yeah. of things to hate on. Anyways, yeah. sorry, sorry. Well, which is actually funny because Andor doesn't, it's not all hate from me. Yeah. 
We're going to have more hate from Jonathan, actually. Probably. In yeah. this series. Yeah. Anyways, um, let's start with like, okay, so four, four, five, six, original trilogy. We're agreed on. Amazing. They're awesome. Yeah. 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 I, I get it. Sure. Like before we get into the episodes, we yeah. can, um, we can discuss like the background of Star Wars. I was thinking it would probably be a good idea to start with like our history with Star Wars. Um, I already mentioned four, five, six, but uh, we were around when like episode one, two, three came out. Also, um, yeah, and and we agree that four, five, six is like the that is the gold standard to which all Star Wars should be compared. Yes, I think so. Um, they're kind of they're not like super complicated necessarily, um, not super complex, but. They are beautiful in their own simple way. Yeah. Uh, I think they have great characters with like good intentions. Um, and they have very strong personalities, which I love. And it's just kind of a, a nice feeling trilogy. One, two, three got a little more complicated. Yeah, one, two, three did get a little bit more complicated. Um, I just want to say really fast, going back and watching like four, five, six, they're still good movies. Yes. They still hold up. Like, I'm surprised at how good Empire Strikes Back specifically is. I was like, really? They did that? Yeah. It's like, I see a lot of, like, good dialogue, which coming from a George Lucas movie sounds insane because of episode one, two, and three. Yeah. So these ones, imagine you watched um, four, five, six as an adolescent. You grow up a little bit, your tastes mature, right? And then episodes one, two, three come out, and then Jar Jar Binks gets on the stage. <laughs> the most Looney Tunes looking like little kid crap ever. And you're just like, excuse me, what? Um, for some people, so there's that kind of stuff, but there's a lot of... Um, Overly complicated politics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Actually, George Lucas does not hide from that at all. In fact, like the whole rationale, part of the plot is like a trade blockade and they spend time like explaining why it's happening and like what what it's doing. And that's literally the plot for the first movie yeah. is, is boring, like, I don't know, political arguments and stuff. Um I was a little younger than you when we saw it for the first time. Yeah. So all that stuff went completely over my head. Entirely over my head. Didn't remember it at all. I don't run I didn't understand any of it. All I knew was that there's robots who are bad guys and our main characters have lightsabers and they're cool and they fly spaceships and they fight each other. And they fight the red evil dude. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the red evil dude. Yeah. Um one got really bad. Um Reception two was, mm, I don't know. I think the reaction to it was also kind of middling. Mm -hmm. Three was very cool because it was like the climax to the whole prequel trilogy. Yeah. It was just a like, in terms of like, oh my goodness. What's the word I'm looking for? In terms of just like extravagance, it was huge. Like... John Williams, like, composed his heart out. There's that duel at the end of the movie between Obi-Wan and, uh, and Anakin, who becomes Star... Who becomes Star, Star Wars. Wars. Because he, he Star becomes Wars. Star Wars, yes. which is who the show is named after. No. Yeah. Um, the origin story of Darth Vader, which looks cool, like, when he finally puts his mask on and stuff, you're mm -hmm. like, okay, the circle is complete. You know, like, we, we finally, like led up to four, five, six, which yeah. we know has a happy ending. Yes. Um, so so it's, it was like a, a much needed movie. Um, honestly, it was good. Maybe just because it was like the end of a trilogy, but yeah. just a good movie. But I do think it was funny how it got such bad reception when it first came out. Like I remember people complaining about like, oh, the fights are too unrealistic. Um, they're swinging their swords at nothing. They're not even going to hit each other. I remember lots of complaints like that when it first came out. However, nowadays, I think people like it a whole lot more. 
Seem- it might be because 789 came out and people disliked them so much that they went back to 123 and thought they were awesome. I think from what I know, people's opinions on 123 already were improving over time. Okay. It was one of those things where we realized, like, oh, perhaps we judge this too harshly, mm-hmm. right? Like, maybe it was, it was goofy, right? There's a lot of goofy stuff. The dialogue, the dialogue, Kid, which was so bad. Kid oh. Anakin, any scene with Kid Anakin is kind of terrible. Any, dude, that kid, you know, that kid got bullied so bad that he had to leave his school. Oh, man. And move schools to another school. And it's kind of George Lucas's fault for giving him such dopey, like, words yes, to say and yes. stuff. Like, it just doesn't seem like a smart kid. He's like an alien's I- idea of what a human child sounds like. Are you an angel? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention the fact that the age uh, difference between him and... Um, Padme. Yeah, Padme. Was like way too much, man. Yeah, Especially yeah. when the kid's that young, you can't, dude. You when can't they meet each that. other and he's like a little kid and she's an adult already, she's like she's a queen. She looks like twenty four or something. Yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. dude, it, it was a little weird. Anyways, okay, you led up to seven eight nine, which okay. is very important. Yeah. So after like, oh my goodness, when did um, Return of the Jedi come out? Like eighty three nineteen. 83 so i don't know so that took a while and then um the new movies came out right and then when was it doesn't matter it doesn't matter when they came out anyways george lucas decides to have the big brain idea to sell star wars to disney right which is like you know I remember hearing about this Mm -hmm. and i thought like hey this is actually like a good idea like out of everyone out there, right? Like, who else is as big as Disney? Like, the, the Fox? I, I don't even know. Like, all you know, all the movie production companies that nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. Like, the people who make, like, I don't know, The Matrix. Yeah. And, like, Alien vs. Predator. I don't know any of those people. But Disney, I would expect them to, like, really take care of something, you know? Like I would, I would have expected them to see something as important as Star Wars is, and honestly, I thought nothing but good stuff would would come out of it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, as Jonathan, how would you describe the the, the Disney trilogy? Star Wars episodes seven, eight, and nine. It's really messy. Super messy. Yeah. Um, I feel like they didn't have any clear direction on where they wanted to go. Yeah. It didn't seem like the writers even cared that much about Star Wars in the first place. And so they didn't really have any good Star Wars story to tell. They just kind of wanted to make a movie. They were tasked with writing a script for a movie um, that had to sell. And that it seems like that's the only criteria they followed. Yeah. And I, I guess I should just say it now so you don't have to listen to me say this over and over later on in this episode but everyone should know like just how messy those movies were for the first movie they brought in jj abrams who directed most like most recently at that time he had directed the new star trek reboot and he was able to turn star trek from like a boring philosophical exploration of human like 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 psychology slash sci-fi and he was able to turn it into a action flick that anyone could go to the like movie and, and and enjoy he did that for star trek and it made a lot of money and it seems like disney wanted something similar because they got him um and so for the first movie they basically just rebooted everything they more or less copy-pasted the story from A New Hope. Mm-hmm. They had um, all of a sudden all the bad guys that they had spent the last few movies killing are all back. Like like <laughs> The whole Galactic Empire is back. Yeah, the, the Galactic Empire is back. They have a new face now. Yeah. There, there is another big planet-destroying weapon that's even bigger than the Death Star, right? And they have to destroy it, and they have to, like, sneak on board and, and do all sorts of stuff. Um, but now they have a bunch of, like, new new characters to, to do it with. So he does that. 
And the reaction at the time is, oh, this is so like boring. This is so safe. Why is it just like the same story? Yeah. I think most people at that time were hopeful. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at how much money it made, it was really successful because it was Star Wars. They ha- we haven't had a new Star Wars in forever. Um, people were curious. They were willing to give it a chance because it was setting up a new like trilogy, basically. Yeah. It was setting up a lot of unanswered questions. Um, like J.J. Abrams has something that he calls mystery boxes that he likes to set up. Things that like, It'll just tease a little bit of a plot, and then you might learn more about it in the next movie, but it it opens stuff up for that. So he was setting up some of those in this movie. So it's the first movie of a trilogy. That's what Star Wars does. Mm -hmm. Trilogies, three movies at a time. And so you know that there's two other movies where you're going to explore all this cool stuff. We have like Luke Skywalker has been missing, but we found him. We have like this main character girl who like we don't know where she came, came from. Um, she seems to be like force sensitive yeah, for some she's reason. Force sensitive. We don't have any explanation for this why. stuff. Right. Um, enter the second movie in the franchise, The Last Jedi. Um, they decide to take the movie away from J.J. Abrams. They instead give it to Ryan Johnson, a new director. They make him writer and director, which gives him full authority over like the entire story and the entire movie. And he decides that he didn't like what J.J. Abrams did. And he decides to, first off, kill the big bad guy that J.J. Abrams set up. He kills the question about who the main character girl's parents are by saying, oh, they're just nobody. Don't worry Mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. Number three, he kills Luke Skywalker. And this was the worst part for me. Like, um, Luke Skywalker is such like an important part of the star wars franchise he means so much and the the way that they killed him like it it didn't really bother me at first but over time as i've been able to think about it more and more it just like it didn't make sense to me why um ryan johnson chose to like kill off the character in this way um even the actor Mark Hamill, the actor for Luke Skywalker, would say in interviews, like, this is not how Luke Skywalker would act. Um, Even he, like, he should know the character fairly well, right? Like, he's been memorizing those lines and being that person for quite a while. He took it really seriously, too. If you look at interviews of him back when he was doing Star Wars 456, he really loves doing the character, and he would, like argue with George Lucas, like, oh, my character wouldn't say these lines like that. I would change it to something like this. Wow. So he really cares about how his character comes off. He understands his character. So it really sucks to have someone uh, completely disregard uh, Mark Hamill's ideas on this. What I... So so I'll I'll finish this up really fast. But basically what I've come to realize is um, when you read Ryan Johnson's perspectives on this, he was a person who doesn't really like Star Wars. He thinks that Star Wars is like kind of childish. He thinks it's kind of simple. Um, he doesn't want to see the same things over and over again. He does not want to make this movie a like, look, a reference. Oh, I remember this. Do you remember this? Like, he doesn't want that. He wanted to make twists, Right? That, that's the kind of director and storyteller that he mm. is. He likes to surprise. He likes to subvert expectations. And so he decided to do this with Star Wars. And so I, I, I want to say, like, even though I've been saying lots of bad stuff about his choices, he's a good director. I enjoyed his, like, Knives Out movie. If you haven't seen that, I highly suggest it. I, I think it's a fun movie to watch. It's a nice little mystery. Um, he's Knives Out? Yeah. Episode 8? Yes, Knives Out? The Last Jedi and Knives Out. That's the same director? Yeah. I don't get that. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Um, I do think that he's a good director, but I think that he told a horrible Star Wars story. I I feel like this guy... Okay, honestly, who's making the decisions? I don't know. Who is choosing these directors? They need to stop making the decisions. Did you know that people have been writing Star Wars novels and books for years? Ever since 
1977, when A New Hope came out, there are literally people who have spent their entire lives writing the characters of Luke, Leia, and Han with George Lucas in consultation. And none of these people were allowed anywhere near this movie. Instead, they decided to get a just like flavor of the month director from wherever they want and just gave them full control over the movie. Okay, I've said this to Jonathan before. George Lucas actually wrote a story summary for movies seven, eight, and nine. What he wanted to do, what his original plan was. Disney chose to ignore them. And can you imagine being George Lucas thinking that, okay, I'm going to leave these stories with Disney. <laughs> this franchise that I've built, this universe I've built, they will help me continue telling the story and they will get the money from it. Only to find out they ignore it completely and they decide to hire just, you know, whatever people they, for some reason, un amazingly unqualified people and then they just like run the franchise into the ground so after this happens um the movie comes out to like kind of middling um reception and then the last movie comes out for the last movie they realize that ryan johnson really made a lot of people angry um and so they change their mind again and they go back to jj abrams now, J.J. Abrams has to come back at the end of this trilogy. He has to piece together all of his mystery boxes, his precious mystery boxes that he set up in the, in the first movie of the trilogy, right? All those, like, storylines that he tried to create. He has to... All uh, those boxes that got crushed and destroyed Yes, by Ryan, Ryan Johnson. Johnson in, in, in The Last Jedi in Episode Eight, Ryan Johnson stepped on his mystery boxes, tore them into pieces... Now, in the last movie, episode nine, J.J. Abrams is taping them back together with duct tape. He is, like, um, doing his best to continue a story off from, like, basically, if you think about the ending of The Last Jedi, there's not much to work there's with. There's very little. There's very little. They to just work leave. With. That's, that's they it. leave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's extremely difficult for him. And so when he goes. Back to those, like, back to, like, a comic book series called Dark Empire. Um, he basically borrows an idea from an old Star Wars comic, and he decides to, hey, remember the uh, the Emperor that we killed in Episode Six, that happy ending? Well, let's just have him come back, because I don't have a bad guy anymore, Un unless Kylo Ren's the bad guy. Um but she's not. Which I guess J.J. Abrams decided he didn't want to do. But So his his Hail Mary is to bring back the, the big bad guy. Like, why not? Just have him come back to life. Um, in To be fair, that comic, Dark Empire, does a much better job of, like, describing why um, the Emperor came back. I don't know why. Am I just biased against Disney? I, I, I honestly think that the comic did a better job explaining. I don't even remember the ex explanation in Episode Nine, but... Oh. I'm sure the book's explanation was better. Do you want to know the explanation that they give in the movie? Yes. Somehow, Palpatine returned. Is that really all they say? No. They, 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 give, they, yeah. they say a little bit more. That is hilarious. Basically, they say that um, the Palpatine that is on Exegol, which is that one planet, mm -hmm. um, that's the real Palpatine. The other one was a fake? The other one was a fake. The one that they killed in episode six was a clone. So Darth Vader sacrificed his life oh, to don't, don't kill say like that. a fake Palpatine? No, don't he say He didn't it do like anything that. and he died for it? Okay, whatever. I believe that's the in-lore like reasoning. I don't even remember. Which is the Exegol, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, you, you uh, podcast listeners, podcast monsters, feel free to uh, yell at me if I'm getting this wrong. But from from my understanding, the the the, the Palpatine that's living on Exegol is the real emperor that has been living for thousands of years hmm. somehow. That's why he looks all decrepit and old. He is kind of gross yeah, looking. Yeah, and like barely living because he's been living for thousands of years and just sending his clones out to everywhere. That's how he was able to 
build up an entire huge army without anyone else noticing anywhere else in the entire universe. Um, not just so that we could have an epic fight scene at the end of the movie, but because he's been planning this for a long time. You just didn't know about it. Um, yeah. So, sure. Anyways, that movie, episode nine, performs yeah. very poorly. Kind of poo-poo out of ten, I'd say. It's 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 not it's not very good. Okay. Um, your your least favorite part of seven eight nine is Luke dying. Oh, I don't even know if. Ooh, no, I no, I can't even say that. Wow. No, I hate that decision. Yes. However, um, if I'm being completely honest, they barely qualify as Star Wars. Yeah. They yeah. barely qualify as Star Wars. This is not George Lucas's stories anymore. Mm-hmm. And when we finally get around to talking to Andor, <laughs> this is going to be something that we have to remember. George Lucas no longer has a part to play in this, which is extremely sad. In like 2014, there was a like interview with like a bunch of these Star Wars book authors on what they hoped to see in the new Disney Star Wars movies. Mm -hmm. One of those authors had recently spoken to George Lucas and was, I thought this was so surprising, because he said that George Lucas, he still has tons of stories and knowledge about Star Wars that has never been written down or shown in any movie. Like, there's so much about the Jedi, about the Star Wars universe that's still floating around in George Lucas's head. Mm-hmm. All these stories that he could tell. And we're not going to get any of it Man. until Disney starts either like asking George Lucas to help or they sell the franchise to somebody, yeah. which I hope happens one day. I don't think it's going to happen. Here's the weird thing with George Lucas. I feel like I saw an interview with him where like with him now, he's kind of older. Um, I think he was really hurt by the feed, by the response that he got from episode one, two, three. That. Because people really hated it back then. And he, in the interview, he's saying like, oh, what do I do now? Oh, I just make movies on my own and I share the, I show them in my backyard to my friends and family. That's it. No one else gets to see them. Um, and I think he has stories to tell, but he is not willing to share them anymore because of the psychological hurt. Um, because when you make a movie that comes out not as good as people expected, uh, you get a lot of backlash. A lot of backlash. I'm glad that I was too young to have an opinion on Star Wars when yeah. I was... Like when when episode one to three came out, so at least it's not my fault that he stopped making movies. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I do have a theory that episode eight wouldn't have been as bad if they just kept J.J. Abrams. Oh, throughout the whole throughout the, the whole, whole thing. trilogy, and I think the bad feedback to seven might have been what caused them to switch directors. So you know what? What's the lesson to take there? Be careful with how you give feedback. That's that. That's one. Yeah. That's one. That's what, that's. One. I would say that people are going to give feedback no matter what, mm. and I think that the creator has to have a very clear vision of what they want to create. George Lucas, when Episode One came out, people hated that. They they were like clowning on like stupid little dopey kid Anakin, <laughs> and like the pod racing was like kind of weird, but also, like, had some of the most advanced special effects, like, ever at that point. Special effects were pretty good. Dude. For that time. Just, dude, just, ah, Star Wars has done so much for the cinematic industry. Like, they have created so many industry standard special effects things. I just want, okay, for people who don't know, if you go back to watch the old Star Wars scenes, like, scenes where they're in an asteroid field, I want you to... Remember that there were no computers at that time and that every single asteroid had to be printed on a different roll of film. And every single asteroid, so like 17 different rolls of film are all going at the same time so that you can get what looks like an asteroid. Like the amount of effort and like ingenuity that went to these movies. Absolutely insane. Okay. Anyways. Sorry, I've been talking for a while. The, mm. the the point of this is to say that Star Wars is no longer George Lucas's, 
And so, so what's going to happen? Well, Star Wars is going to lose a lot of what made it Star Wars. It's now something different. Sure. And maybe that's something that we just have to accept. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And maybe we should accept just the lower level of quality. Maybe we should accept that some things just aren't going to make sense anymore. Right? Mm-hmm. And maybe we can still have fun watching these movies even though it's not the same. Yeah. And these shows they're coming out with... Okay. The one show that gives me hope is Mandalorian. Mandalorian was awesome. Uh, I think they did a really good job with it. I think they stuck to a lot of good Star Wars fundamentals with it. Um, not exactly the same story, but they have... Uh, it has a lot of the same pure storytelling that I that I really wanted out of it. Um the other series were pretty bad. Book of Boba Fett was not great. Ugh. Yeah, Book of Boba Fett was terrible. Please. Obi-Wan Kenobi no. was also terrible. Yeah, it was bad. What else what else came out? Did anything else come out? Nothing good. That's um, it. Yeah. It's all been very meh. There's also all like the weird cartoons, you know, like oh, all yeah. the Star Wars cartoons. Yeah. We've watched Bad Batch. Ugh. And I'm uh, eh. Honestly, okay, there's, okay, if, if there's anyone else like me out there that has my perspectives on Star Wars, you should go to the subreddit Saltier Than Crate because it is a safe space for people like us. Um, and there's a post today about <laughs> someone saying, Bad Batch is great for my 12 year old girls. <laughs> and, and he was just talking about how, like, man, it's great for them. Like, they totally get it. They, <laughs> they, they, they really benefit from the fact that it's like a cool sci-fi world with like fun aliens, and they're all doing like ridiculous, wacky stuff. Um, and he's like so happy because like he just randomly threw it on. He didn't know if they would like it or not. It just happens to be Star Wars, and so he's happy because it might get him into Star Wars. Yeah. Anyways, that's like the level of quality that you can expect from a Star Wars show nowadays. Hilarious. Granted, that is kind of it's specifically made for kids, right? Yeah. But, but but there's some kids shows that are like, oh, this is so good that adults can watch it and get something out of it too. Um, Bad is, Batch is not. Isn't Adventure Time? Adventure Time, I think, one is of those? one. I have like, never watched it, so so I don't know. But yeah, um, Avatar: The Last Airbender is a whew, prime example of this. Best story, like best character building that I've ever witnessed in any like piece of media. This includes like all the animes that I've watched, Whoa. which are extremely good at this. I need to finish that. You, you should finish okay. it. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you need to watch Legend of Korra so that you can be like, nah, did I like that? <laughs> okay. It's very much worth a watch though. Okay. <clears throat> um, okay. So, wow. We finally have approached the topic of today's conversation Andor. Andor. so so um we all know disney decided to pivot to like making a lot of tv shows because um their movies uh, uh suck i i kid you not look on like any toy store shelves you will not see any star wars merchandise for the sequels this used to be the biggest money maker for Star Wars movies. George Lucas himself once joked that he was a movie, he was a toy salesman <laughs> who, who also made movies because that's how he made all of his money. Yeah. Royalties from like action figures, Legos, video games, all sorts of stuff. And you can tell how unpopular the Disney movies are because they just don't sell any of that stuff now. Mm. Like nowadays, most of the stuff that they sell is like legacy stuff. Like from the old movies or, or, or prequels. And there's some Mandalorian stuff that, that's been selling mm-hmm. pretty well, apparently. Um, okay, sorry. I think this just kind of puts us in the place of where we are trying to watch Andor. Like, yeah. we do not expect that much nope. at this point. Uh-huh. We've been disappointed many times by Disney, um, by Disney Star Wars. You know, going into episode seven, we were really disappointed. Like, oh, this isn't like our old Star Wars. We've gotten past yeah, that. Yeah. We've accepted it at this point. Star mm-hmm. Wars is not going to be the Star Wars that we love. Yeah. All I'm looking for now is can they tell a good story that fits into Star Wars? I think Mandalorian did that 
And so I have yeah. some hope. So going into Andor, I'm like, this could be good. This could be bad. It's a Star Wars show, so I want to see how it is. Yeah. So we're, we're going to tackle episode one today of, of this show. So um, I'm... Do you want to give a summary? Uh, how should we start? Because I can actually just read off this little summary that I have for sure, here. Sure, go ahead. Um, so I, I think somehow we managed to forget mentioning... Uh, Rogue One. Oh yeah. Um, so when Disney bought Star Wars, they yes they made the terrible seven eight nine movies that I've been talking about for an hour, right? However, they also made um, a few movies spinoffs. Um, one was about Han Solo. Uh, one was about um, the group of people who found the secret plans for the Death Star. And this is what leads up to episode four, the very first movie in Star Wars. So, so that's the plot of Rogue One. Um, this was a movie that was, like, to me, surprisingly good. What did you think of Rogue One? I did not like Rogue One. You did not like Rogue I One? I liked the fight at the end. You liked the fight at the end? Yes, the but scene at the end is very cool, yes. I did not like... I didn't think the story was that interesting. Yeah. And I didn't think any of the characters were cool. Yeah. Didn't you watch it again? I did. And? And I got bored. Very bored of it. All right. Jonathan yeah. does not like this movie. I gave it a second chance. I tried. I, I, I want to give it a second chance. I mean, it seems like you gave it a fair shake. Yeah. yeah. So I think you, you tried. Okay. So it's just not Jonathan's thing. Yeah. Um, well, as it turns out... Um, Andor, this new show, um, you'd be forgiven if you don't know who Andor is because it was like a side character in, well, I guess he's one of the many main characters. He's one of the, yeah, many main characters. In Rogue One. Yeah. Um, who famously, I mean, he had almost no story at all in Rogue One. Rogue, it's not that kind of movie, kid. Like, like it, it, it's, not a, <laughs> it's not a movie that will do a good job of explaining people's backstories. Although the, there were some, like the uh, Donnie Yen's character. Remember him? I thought he had kind of an interesting background. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Maybe he was just so cool that I made up in my head that he was interesting. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, I liked the, the robot. K2SO. Is yes. that his name? Yeah. I loved him. I remember, I remember liking him. Yeah. Um, droids very strong it, it's a very important part of Star Wars that a lot of people have gotten wrong mm -hmm. there's a lot of Star Wars content that gets droids wrong um, but the guy who made Rogue One who also made Andor um, at least the first he wrote the, the uh, story for the first three episodes mm -hmm. of, of Andor so there's a common common theme here the, the, the writing is going to be a, a little similar um this show follows this single character and it will build the backstory that the movie forgot to provide. <laughs> um, so, okay, we are going to look at this man, Andor. Andor is his last name. His full name is Cassian Andor. Um, five years before the events of episode four, A New Hope, um, this guy named Cassian Andor is looking for his missing sister in this planet called who cares what the planet's called while he's investigating two officers that are drunk start getting in a fight with him um they start like having an altercation and cassian accidentally kills one officer and then ends up having to murder the other one because you know can't have any witnesses right um which already tells you a lot about the kind of person cassian andor is um he goes to a different planet and he tries to um, hide his like his like murder that he did and like the increased attention that he's having by like trying to hide with his adopted mother. Um, he was able to steal a very important piece of imperial tech uh, called the Starpath unit. And Cassian wants to make money off of it. So he asks one of his friends to connect him to a uh, very rich black market buyer. Um, his friend agrees. And 
starts to contact the buyer in order to set up the uh, the, the handoff and like the money exchange. Um, meanwhile, the murders that Cassian started have started to uh, get attention, and there are people starting to investigate this this murder. Um, he ends up actually tracking Andor to um, the planet of Ferrix, and he learns like what planet Cassian is from. And then there's a flashback to like when Cassian was a kid, and they're all like, it's it's a really weird scene. They like blow darts, um, and that's the last time that he sees his sister, which is like. That, that is Andor's motivation in this show. He is looking for his sister. Mm. Um, and that would be a nice little summary of, of episode one. Um, Jonathan, you just watched this most recently. Yeah. What, do you, what did you think giving it a second time through? And may, maybe you can also tell us like what you thought watching it the first time, too. <laughs> if it's different. Mm, it felt a little bit random to me. Like... <laughs> the plot goes through Cassian kind of by chance gets himself into a lot of trouble. Um, he headbutts like he when, when the two guys come up to him and they start asking him for identification and everything. Yeah. He headbutts the guy that somehow kills him. Um, it And that gets him in a lot in a ton of trouble. He didn't yeah. make the decision to kill him. Yeah. It wasn't like he was put into a place where he had to kill someone. For the second guy, he for the second guy, he did have to shoot him, um, or he didn't have to actually. The guy's like, we can just tell them, uh, oh, it was an accident and everything, but I guess he didn't trust him, um, and it feels like Cassian just kind of falls into this situation. Uh, it's not his decision that got him here necessarily. Yeah, um, and so I I feel like his character. I guess his motivation is to find his sister. Um, but other than that, I don't feel like we see a lot of motivation from him. Uh, he doesn't seem to want anything that badly other than just like he gets in trouble and he wants to get out of trouble. Yeah, That seems to be his main motivation. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I got from this episode. What do you think? I just remember... So, so in preparation for this, I've been like reading a lot of plot summaries of this episode and just watching a few recaps. And honestly, I remember this being boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the main thing. I think so. You and I, when we watched it for the first time, we were just like watching through this. They were kind of setting up a bunch of stuff and then we we're just like, okay. And, and then the episode finished. Yes. It, yeah, it ends with him just like leaving. He's just, he's just running away still. Yeah. There's no setup for like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next to this character. No, absolutely. None of that. No hooks were designed in these episodes at all. No. It was not designed like this was designed for you to binge um like episode after episode after episode. It was like I I think maybe this is a good time to explain like what what kind of uh story structure does Andor follow? So I mentioned something about the director or the, the writer of, of this episode. It's the same guy who did Rogue One, also the same guy who did the, the Bourne movies, the Jason Bourne movies, mm -hmm. Bourne Ultimatum and, and stuff like that. Um, what Disney has decided to do, and it's really it's this continuing theme of Disney making really weird like director decisions, they've decided to give each director a set of three episodes. So the first three episodes are directed by Toby Haynes. I don't know who that guy is, but it's written, the story is written by the Rogue One uh, Jason Bourne guy. And so as a result, what happens is nothing goes on for the first two episodes and then all the payoff happens in the third. Um, I remember when, when we first watched it, we watched episodes one and two and almost gave up on this entire show. <laughs> we watched one and we thought it was lame, but we were like, yes. okay, let's give it another let's episode. Give it another, a good old two episode try. Yeah. And then we watched the second one 
And it had the same sort of like, I mean, we will get to that. But the ending was also very like just nothing. It was like n- nothing to yeah. to like make you want to keep watching. Like I-, I guess in order to like have a payoff, you would keep watching. But nothing in the story made you really like what's gonna happen. Right. And one big thing for me, I feel like the character of Cassian Andor is not very good. He's not very likable. Do you feel that? He is definitely not a likable character. I don't see any quality in him that I think is cool. He's not, like, particularly funny, Mm -mm. right? Charming. He doesn't have a very strong personality. He just kind of says everything strongly and angrily. Yeah, he's always, like, so, so like, like, what kind of character is he? I mean, so, all right. I, I did not hate this episode as, as much as you. I thought mm-hmm. it was boring. So I'm going to try to give as much credit as I can. Mm-hmm. And the way I saw it was, okay, you know what? They're setting up a story. So we are watching a show that is based on a very unimportant character in the grand scheme of things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is not Luke Skywalker that we're talking about here. Um, this is like a one of the main characters from a spinoff movie. And he's surrounded by a host of other characters that we know nothing about and do not care about at all. Which maybe that's part of the reason why like it's so boring. Mm-hmm. And maybe part of the reason why the director, writer has to set things up and has to like start all of these stories because he's literally working with absolutely nothing. Yeah. His previous movie told us nothing about Andor. Only that he has been a rebel fighter for a while. On, on the side of the good guys. Um, but even so, I don't feel like he has a strong hatred for the Empire. No, he does not. Yeah, sorry. Yes, you're like, right. You're right. Even though Empire did bad stuff to him in the past, um, and they're probably the reason he can't find his sister and that sort of thing, yeah. he, doesn't, he still doesn't seem to have very strong feelings against them. Which is part of his character at that point. So he's not really... Um, Spoiler alert, he's going to end up working for the Rebels later. But at this point, he's kind of indifferent towards the Empire. Like, yeah, the Empire is like, he'll steal stuff from them. Mm-hmm. But he is definitely not like joining a revolution, like fighting force against the Empire at, at this point. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. That's part of his character at this point. But then um, that also means that he has no motivations. Yeah. His only motivation is, I have to find my sister. Even that is very vague. Like, we don't see any of the work he's been putting into finding his sister. All we know is he asks one random lady yeah. in a bar, Yeah. have you seen a girl from this planet? Kanai. Yeah. What's it called? I forget. Yeah. That's all we really see. Um, Kanari. Kanari. I would love to see more of that. Like, show me what... Cassian Andor cares about what has been motivating him for like the past 20 years he's been on this planet this whole time he's has he just been asking random people have you seen my sister is that all he's done you know what's really interesting is that in the rest of the season in the entire rest of the season um this storyline kind of completely disappears yeah yeah um and I don't want to keep going back to this but I think it's because Disney got just a bunch of random directors to do whatever they wanted. They don't talk to each other. There is no overarching story. And so all these, like, again, these are basically mystery boxes that they're setting up. Yeah. All of them get disregarded because, like... I'm not going to open the other director's mystery box. No, I'm going to set make up my... my own cool story. <laughs> exactly. That's what everyone wants to do, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, they, they, like, don't just, like, get along and agree on this stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, as a result, like, I, I don't think this is spoilers to say that, that we learn nothing about Andor's sister. Yeah, I completely forgot about this plot point. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> like... And that's... A, I guess that's his only motivation at this point, so... I feel like he's a very weak character. Extremely weak motivations yeah. at, at this point. It feels very like second, like like this kind of last minute. Now nah, let's just mm-hmm. throw this in. Like we need a reason for him to be in this spot. So let's make random stuff happen. Yeah, it's... Uh, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I did want to chat about that part a bit because i thought it was really interesting 
Yeah. Um, and is there anything else to talk about on this? The the other characters on the planet. Yeah. I don't remember their names, but the girl he talks to and her ah her Bix. boyfriend the is that Bix? Bix is it the girl who um is who has the connection with the secret buyer? Yes. 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 And also has a boyfriend who's suspicious of Andor. Yeah. Suspicious or like doesn't like Why is Andor? he suspicious? I don't know why he's suspicious though, but Yeah. He ends up doing something. To he him. ends up doing something. Which, to, to Andor later. I don't know why he did it, but whatever. Yes. Um, yeah. What do you think about her? I didn't have strong feelings on her either. She was fine. I, they have that one conversation with each other where he goes like, I have an untraceable star chip. Yep. Um, and I thought it was funny how they were throwing in like random techie words yeah. that I feel like were very unnecessary. Yeah. Um, the conversations feel very dry to me very long and like they okay one thing I noticed I don't know if this is just me nitpicking but like when they have conversations they just kind of stand and talk oh yeah every character every conversation is just standing and talking they don't do stuff they don't like motion with things there's one part where like this guy comes up to Andor and he's like oh you owe me you owe me the deposit back. You like you owe me money, um, but he doesn't like grab his shirt or anything. He doesn't push him. He doesn't, you know, pull out a gun or something. He doesn't do any. He just stands in front of him, and says, "Hey, you owe me money." And then his big guy friend comes up and just stands behind him. Doesn't grab him. Doesn't push him. Doesn't anything. And I'm like, there was no director here. No one to make this scene go to to make this scene more colorful. Huh. There's just a script that they read off of. It feels, um, it feels very like empty and not interesting to me. That's a really good point, and you will notice this throughout a lot of Disney shows, where it seems like something is off with them. Either it's like the the budget that they're working with, or like like things that are missing from the show that you just kind of got used to by watching other TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say the budget in Andor seems to not have a problem. Like I've I've heard for like the the new Mandalorian series that came out. By the way, did you know that a new series has already I come heard. out? Oh, it came out. Yeah, it came out already. Like there's episodes. That you can watch. We should be watching that. Yeah, we should be watching that. But I heard that, like, the costumes literally look like cosplayer quality. Ugh. Like, it it looks like plastic that you would see at Comic-Con or or something. Oh, man. Um, I kind of felt like this show had kind of bad costumes also. Really? Yeah. I I thought the budget was better than other shows. Okay. Still not great, but Mm -hmm. better than, like, shoot, Obi-Wan. Um... Lots of stuff is better than Obi-Wan. Um, that, that's a really good point, though, because it seems like this writer or or the director, maybe it's the director's fault for not having them like do stuff, right? Yeah. But there's a lot of text. There's a lot of dialogue to get through. Yeah. And, oh boy, oh boy, like Star Wars has never had so much dialogue like this. Let me tell you, like... Dialogue, famously one of the weak points of George Lucas. Um, he spends too much time in the stars, and so he forgot what humans talk like. <laughs> so I guess he forgot. But but this guy, um, man, he's, he really knows how to write a slow burn, like, political thriller. Um, if I look back at at the writer's like resume here didn't he also work on i thought he worked on um house of cards oh he's only a consulting producer oh. okay so he's not a writer for that but isn't born ultimate the born series kind of like this too like a guy on the run and like he gets himself into trouble and he's on the run from people there are other episodes that 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 are closer to the, okay. the born movies okay. um you know what I will actually watch the Bourne movies to prepare for those episodes. <laughs> that'll, that'll be very funny. Because I wonder if there will be some parallels, you know? Yeah. Um, anyways, I, I was 
I was hoping that he had more of a role because this movie show, this show reminds me a lot of House of Cards because it's oh. a lot of just like you know, dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of dialogue. Mm-hmm. In House of Cards, the dialogue seems better. I don't mind dialogue as long as it's meaningful, as long as it's colorful. It should be interesting, right? Each Keep the plot Yes. Going. Each conversation should be dripping with like characterization. Like, I should learn more about this character by how they interact with other people. Yeah. And they should be, by the end of it, I should have such a strong idea of what each character believes in, what they care about. And I was feeling very, very little of that yeah. from this. Yeah. Can I can I bring up, I wrote down two topics I want to yeah, mention. Yeah, go for it. This is where we learn about that security guard. Oh, yeah. Um the the dutiful Cyril Karn. He is determined to find out who killed those two drunk guards. Um, you have any thoughts about him at this point? He's such a weirdo at this point. Yeah. I think that's what they're going for. He's just like an eccentric guy who doesn't know when to give up. He's like way too into the whole Imperial thing. Yeah. He's like yelling at his co-workers. They're like, it's not that big of a deal. He's like, we have to find him. You know? Um... Isn't it funny? Doesn't his like his manager or his boss or whatever just say like, oh, just just sweep it under the rug? Yeah, yeah. it's not worth getting the the empire uh, involved on something this small. Right. He's like, we'll just make a better, a nice headline about it. Yeah. Say that they were heroes, and then that's that's the end of it. Um. This is actually leading into something that I think this show does really well which is um, a realistic portrayal of the Empire. I, I think we will see later on in the other episodes that they do a really good job of, like, what would it be like to work as part of the massive, like, bureaucratic nightmare that is the Empire, the Galactic Empire. I agree with that, actually. I think that was a strong part of this show. That's a strong part of this show, um, which maybe is due to the fact that the writer wishes he was writing a political thriller and not star wars um and that kind of leads into my second point that i wanted to talk about this feel like star wars to you um very much not very much not i think there's there's a lot of cases in this show in the episodes i watched where it feels like this could be any other show Mm -hmm. this could be any other movie hard agree just replace the laser guns with pistols big yes and it would be exactly the same as like a scene from a normal action movie um i think the big one for me was when andor gives his mom a call on the payphone, space payphone, <laughs> and there's like an alien guy behind him talking in his space payphone. like it's so use like a hologram or something use like a I don't know anything else. Wow. Don't, like, why? It's so lazy. <laughs> it's so lazy. It's so lazy. And There's like, so much you could do. George Lucas would not have let that slide. Yes. Yes. If you, if George Lucas was like taking ideas from summer interns, like George uh, Lucasfilm's summer internship 2023, um, like, why don't you, you know, for an experiment, try coming up with a like uh, a scene. You know, like why don't you draw some storyboards? You yeah. know, and if like, if one of them said space payphone, you he would kick them out. They wouldn't <laughs> be allowed to work at Lucas Arts. Yeah, anymore. man, it would be so bad that George Lucas would say like, "Well, it doesn't seem like you're you're cut out for this." I don't like the uh, I don't like the space payphone. Um, this maybe you forgot that this is Star Wars. Maybe put Jar Jar in the scene. We're, we're trying to... Oh, yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah yeah. 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 Actually, every intern that had Jar Jar in their scenes got, like, gold star and big thumbs up. Yeah, that makes sense. It, sorry for our terrible George Lucas accent. He talks like that, though, so you should look up a video if you have a complaint. Um, mm. Yeah, man. This show did not feel like Star Wars to me. And a lot of people online seem to think that is a stupid, um, like, comment to make. Like, mm. like, what do you mean it doesn't look like Star Wars? Like, or, or they'll say, like, it doesn't have to be like Star Wars. Then why is it called Star Wars? Like, so, okay, my, my, um, it doesn't have to be the same. It doesn't have to be the same, but, but I, I guess 
this is going to be part of the critique that I had of the Disney movies, which is that like, there's so much more that they could be doing. Yes. Star Wars has such a rich history of stuff that they can work with. Mm-hmm. The, the way this show goes, it is like they developed a story first and then like, oh man, we have to make it fit into Star Wars. Um, <laughs> and, and then they like change like one thing here, one thing here. And it's like, oh, make this a, uh, the thing that he steals will be a, a starship thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and then um, the, the, the phone is going to be a space pay phone. There you go. Um, and it's instead of the like government, it's going to be the Galactic Empire. And all of it seems like such an afterthought because if you were an actual Star Wars fan, right? Like, ah, okay, hold on. I, I have to be careful not to call like the writers and directors like not Star Wars fans because they might actually be. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like someone who wanted to make this like integrated into the universe of Star Wars would be finding opportunities to like have it affect the story somewhat mm-hmm. or like intertwine it more, more with the story. Um, so much of this movie does really feel like a Star Trek or like some other generic sci-fi. It just feels like an action movie to me a yeah. lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Especially these early episodes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, even later on, there's, there's a few scenes where it's no throughout. I, I, I still have this kind of feeling. One, one other thing, it does feel just like a action movie to me, but I think the more important thing is, it's a very boring action movie. Oh, especially at this point. At, at this point, yeah. We, if, we we've mentioned how they they do not care if you think this part is boring. Yeah, they will set up their third episode and nothing will stop them. <laughs> yeah, they, they they will lay down all the foundation that they want, and they honestly, it seems like they don't care much about keeping you along. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like there's no interesting things sprinkled in here or there no not really no they don't really do that at all yeah I think if it wasn't in space and it was just a guy running around a city but doing all the exact same things yeah I don't think anyone would watch it no no that's that's my that's that's my problem with it is the Star Wars license allowing a bunch of subpar shows to get viewership Probably. Are, but if, that if these shows were not Star Wars shows, would anybody like would anybody be caring about I don't them? think so. I the stories so. are not that good. No. Like, no. I feel like um Disney might all kind of be doing that with Marvel also. Some of the Marvel shows are like not really worth watching. Yeah. But people just watch it because it's part of the cinematic universe. Yeah. But in Star Wars, a lot of Star Wars fans don't even care about the cinematic universe anymore. Like, they don't really think this counts as a cinematic universe anyway. So I think there's very little incentive for people to be watching these shows. Yeah. It's... That said, mm-hmm. we have a lot of bad things to say. But I think... Looking forward, yeah, I think both of us agree that this is this show is still the best piece of like Disney media that has come out since they bought Star Wars. Do you agree with that? I think Mandalorian's better. You think Mandalorian's better? Okay. Yeah. Number two. Do you think this is number two? There's a lot of. I think poo-poo. Episode Seven's better. Oh, dang. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> we do not agree as much as I thought we did. <laughs> you guys, you guys have to understand, you, guys and gals, you have to understand how much Jonathan hated Andor when he first saw it's it. It's so boring. I did not know if it's... we would ever see episode three. Like, <laughs> I was legitimately worried because Jonathan literally said, like, I don't think we're going to make it. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't think I'm going to continue. And... For the longest time, we didn't watch a third episode. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, we 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 almost just, like, gave up on it completely. But but then, okay, to, to the show's credit, like, online I started seeing so many people talking about how good the show was. And I was like, man, like, could we have just gotten this wrong? Like, 
maybe we should okay well I'm, I'm i'm skipping past episode two a little bit we will discuss that one um probably not for that long i don't think there's not that much to discuss um but we do end up going back to it however these early episodes cannot emphasize enough how boring they are difficult to watch if this was a tv show that was like once a week and you had to wait two weeks in order to make it through those first two episodes, it would have instantly died. Like, no chance at all. They are so lucky that they released all three episodes at once on Disney+. Plus. Um, it's, like, inexcusably bad. Yeah. Can we do one episode one, two, three? Just knock it out of the way? We'll do... The next three after maybe next time okay <laughs>